Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All What's up, Homer Maniacs, and welcome to the Homer's Podcast. Coming to you from the 2420 Studios, I'm Stephen A. Turner, joined in the studio by Mr. Brandon Ward. Gorilla style. We're about to lay it down in here. We got some football news. We got a little Mr. Basketball campaign we're going to get started, which we've already kind of started. We'll go over some results and talk about some teams outside the Ninth District. We got a girls rundown. We got, we got a little bit of everything for you today. Uh, we're going to kick things off with some football news. Davis County has named a new head coach. Matt Brannon is on board, and he is the new head man, uh, replacing Marcus Kimbrell out at Davis County. Big things ahead. Big things ahead for the county football team. Uh, I've been talking to some assistants out there. You got Bouchard at quarterback. You got Spicen. You got LaCroix. You got our guy Stratatron. It's been a little while. I just take the rust off Stratatron. Got a standing ovation when he was announced as the new coach, though. So, yeah, I know the players love that. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator uh, for Davis County last year. He had some head coaching experience at KWC. Uh, you know, there's a lot of scuttlebutt. You know, obviously I follow Bluegrass Preps pretty closely. I've, I've defended the hire a little bit. A lot of people just slamming the hire, thinking Davis County is just, you know, is, is content with what they had and, you know, I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad hire at all. Obviously, when you get a standing ovation from the team, uh, I think it's a good thing. That's what I was going to say. He's defensive coordinator last year, and those players that they just told who was their new coach gave him a standing ovation. So, I mean, if anybody would know if he's a good coach or not, I would take the players' word for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in high school, it's not so much around here anyway. It's not like uh, where you fire a head coach. Maybe like in the NFL, you would never see uh, a head coach get fired and a defensive coordinator get promoted. Well, maybe, unless you're the Minnesota Vikings. I think we might have done that once. But most of the time you don't. You see a whole new staff come in. But in high school, you, you know, a head, head coach doesn't really come in and pick his assistants. He, he kind of performs with what's around him already in place. So this could be a whole new direction for the Davis County program for all we know. And I've, like I've told everybody on the on the Bluegrass Preps, give the guy a couple games um, before you start hanging him out to dry. Like, like I said, plenty of talent on this team. Uh, I'm really excited for to see what Bouchard's got. I mean, you got Bouchard and Stratton. To me, I don't know that Western Kentucky has a one-two punch, quarterback wide receiver punch uh, quite like that. Evident by Bouchard getting the invite to the elite camp that only elite eleven. Yeah. That's just absurd. I mean, and he wasn't even making. He wasn't even getting a lot of headlines going into this past year. Whenever we were, whenever we first saw him, we were like, they're going to be young at quarterback. So we were expecting them to kind of grow into quarterback. And then three minutes into the first game we seen, we're like, this kid might have the best arm in the region. He's their backup? Like what? You know, the, the, the starter got injured. He comes in and then, uh, the rest is history. I mean, he just has the look to me. I mean, I, nothing against Ray or any, anybody or a locker or any of those guys, but to me, he just as a, for a college prospect, to me, he just has the build and the overall look, uh, passes the eye test. I think future is very bright for Bouchard. Yeah, Bouchard has that look of the Jameis Winston style quarterback, plays under center well, big guy, strong arm. And then you got Ray Zuber, who's more of the, uh, uh, Jay Mariota type from Oregon that, yeah. that it just depends on which type of quarterback you want. As, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'm perfectly fine with the mobile quarterback. Yeah, you know, so we'll see it going forward on Davis County. It's a big hire. They can start building things there, you know. I know that they're, 
that have already hit the ground running. I mean, he's already been in the building with the players, with the weight program and whatnot. So, uh, they're already, they're already heading in the right direction. We've, I've, I, we've actually got to talk to a few of the coaches behind the scenes. Maybe we can work some things out. They've invited us out to spring practice. We'll get to see the Panthers firsthand when they, when it warms up a little bit outside. It's freezing outside right now. <laughs> so speaking of quarterbacks from around the region, also, uh, Court Morris from Hancock County's just, Set, set to make his announcement as of press time. He'll probably announce it tomorrow or so. We had, we didn't get the info yet, but we'll let you know next week on the program. Another yeah, good it, quarterback that has a really pro style look to him. And you can, you can follow us on, uh, what is it, at the underscore homers now? Yep, that's it. Wow. Okay. See, I'm still, still learning the ropes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Court Morris. I mean, he has, I think Lindsey Wilson's one of the ones he has fi- finalized and that, that's where Rodney Collier's going. Yep, so that's where our boy Rodney Maybe we can up. get a little, uh, local connection there if he, if he does pick Lindsey Wilson. Like I say, uh, keep, uh, we'll keep you posted on, on the, uh, on the social media machine that we have of the homers, but might have to hit up Court and let him know that he's got an excellent receiver waiting there for him just in case he doesn't <laughs> know that before decision. he makes his decision. Yeah. But, uh, also on the social media circuit that we've been trying to start a little campaign for Mr. Basketball. Got to talk a little bit about Eric Holman. I mean, we're going to get into OHS first, shift it over to basketball because it is uh, getting hot and heavy basketball season. Eric Holman is just putting up uh, stats that I've never seen on a high school level as far as across the board points, rebounds, and blocks. Best shot blocker I've ever seen on a high school level anywhere in my book. He's also getting four or five assists a game, but talking about the blocks, you were talking to uh, Jason Frakes, who was naming his Kentucky Mr. Basketball nominees, and you responded to uh, – he had he had Eric Hallman in his nominees, and you responded that he had just recorded his ninth triple-double, and he said – and he and Frakes' response was, you're telling me he had nine times, in, nine times this year that he's had ten blocks in a yeah. game? Well, he's got ten now because he just had his tenth triple-double. Yeah, and I didn't know that uh, the blocks was an unofficial stat in high school. I think that's that's. I think we need to get with the times on that. <laughs> what, are we, what was this like nineteen fifty five? I mean, come on, we gotta get we gotta Pistol get the Pete Maravich out there playing still. I got news for anybody that has not seen Holman. I know a lot of people on Bluegrass Preps are real critical of him because the one game they saw on him where he played like three minutes in the state championship game was some whack foul trouble. Uh, but this cat right here. Just completely changes the game. I've been trying to tell everybody that I talk to, like, well, he only sco- he he could dominate on offense, but he just does, you know, and he only puts up sixteen, eighteen a game. I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but if you watch him play defense, he takes at least at least ten to fifteen points off the board from the other team in every game that I've seen him play this year, which is quite a bit. Remember the effect that Dikembe Mutombo had in the NBA, where people were just scared to go into the lane, and even when they had a layup opportunity, they double pumped, even when they didn't have to, just because they were scared that Mutombo was lurking around. That's what Eric Hallman is on the high school level. I mean, he might average close to nine blocks a game, but he's affecting another fifteen shots. Oh yeah, that, that's the thing. You see kids go up for a layup and throw it up behind their head, and it doesn't count as a block. But in my book, it is a block because it doesn't have a prayer of going in. And and to me, I mean, this kid is the most complete. You might get Cameron Justice, who's averaging, you know, and he's he's got a ridiculous point total up at uh, Not County Central. Uh, the Simmons kid from uh, Henderson, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, he's ridiculous. And then obviously Spall who's going to Louisville uh, but for my money this kid right here I mean he he's a passer he's a defender he's a leader and he scores uh, at you know he's averaging 16 points a game uh, 10 rebounds and by our numbers which are unofficial nine blocks a game which is I mean if you're doing the math at home he's he's darn near triple double every time he steps on the floor Eric Hallman could legit have a shot to put up a quadruple double any game he steps on the floor. 
He could, and there's no other player in Kentucky you could say that about. Yeah, quadruple double, folks. I mean, that's not that's not a joke because if you've seen this guy pass, and Justin Miller can pass the ball extremely well too, you know. And I'm an Apollo guy. I mean, flat out, if Eric Holman wants to ha- have a, you know, if he comes down to uh, Apollo and OHS in the regional championship, and Holman wants to uh, have a bad game, that'd be great. But I'm going to defend him. A local guy, I love playing, watching play because it's a treat. I mean, you don't get talent like this to come through your area very often, and I'll rep him uh, until the sun goes down when he's not playing. Apollo, that is. You made a good point that this upcoming Saturday when they play Louisville Trinity, it's going to be a Mr. Ken- uh, Mr. Basketball for Kentucky showdown right there. You can either make or break your chances there. If you go out and ball out against Spalding and show that you deserve to be on the level of those guys since all the uh, media from around there only judged on that one game that he only got to play three minutes. If he goes out there and just dominates Spalding or even just head-to-head puts up solid numbers with them, you're right back in the Mr. Basketball conversation. Yeah, I'd say I'd say if he goes up there and and, and, and best Spalding and has one of these uh, 16, 10, and 9 games uh, versus Trinity, I think he's right there. I think he's right there with Justice in the conversation. Right now, to be honest with you, he's probably third because – it's just they just don't get the res- we just don't get the respect down here that those guys get. I mean, you this got up, this upcoming schedule they got though they're gonna have a chance to earn some respect. Oh, absolutely, no, there's no doubt, and uh, we'll get into that in, in a little bit. But we, we'll go ahead and get into some scores. OHS had a pretty successful week. Owensboro defeats the Bowling Green Purples for the second time this season. I had to point that out. 69-66. Eric Allman, as we mentioned, with his 10th triple-double of the season, 18 points, 15 boards, 10 rebounds. Justin Miller goes for 16 points. Darian Morrow with 14. Dylan Sanford with 4. Moving on now to Owensboro defeating Apollo, 56-48. Hallman with 21 points, 13 boards. Morrow with 16. Eli Wright led Apollo with 22-8. and Hopewell pitched in 14. Yeah, and you know, uh, those are two big wins. That was I mean, Zach Hopewell since there's two of them. That's right, Zach. And, uh, you got, uh, we, we pointed this out for a while now. Owensboro ends the season on a five game, just gauntlet. Uh, you got Apollo, who record doesn't show it, but I tell you, they're dangerous to anybody in the state any given night. They're, they're very talented. And then you got Bowling Green, who isn't ranked in the state either, but they're very good. We've seen them a couple times. They beat and a rivalry and game. And right. And they've already beat them once in overtime. So, uh, that's kind of a big, that was kind of a big rematch down in Bowling Green. You go on the road and get a tough win on the road. I think Owens rolls off to a good start in their gauntlet and, uh, you know, their, their big guns come to play. Eric leads them in scoring both nights. And, uh, even though Miller obviously got in serious foul trouble versus Apollo, he had a really good game versus Bowling Green with 16. So, uh, OHS is right where they need to be. Uh, there's not going to be a top 10 today, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, this spoiler alert, OHS is the number one team for the rest of the season until somebody upsets them in regional, they go to state. Because even if they lose to the upcoming Trinity, Hoptown, and Henderson, I mean, that's just a... Those are power schools. I mean, that's that's a, that's a three-game stretch. I'm not sure any third region team comes out of there with one win. Uh, so OHS is pretty much going to be your number one team uh, going into tournament time. So... You know, I expect I expect big things out of this team. I really do. I've I, as an Apollo guy, it pains me to do it, but I go on Bluegrass Preps because they don't give any love to this side of the state, and and they they keep putting OHS down like twelve or thirteen, and it's like, you know, I don't think people understand what kind of talent this team has across the board. I mean, the two bigs and the guards that can shoot the three as well as any team in the state can shoot the three. 
this is a team that can not only make noise at the state level, they can bring a trophy uh, back to OHS for the first time since 1980. They can bring a state championship trophy uh, back. That's what I was looking most forward to with the matchups with Apollo, Bowling Green, and the upcoming ones, is that they're going to get a chance to start making an impression statewide because, I mean, in OHS Apollo, you've got two of the top recruits in the state, Eli and Eric Hallman in the game, so you've got eyes on that one, and then you take it up to Bowling Green, you got eyes on that one, and Eric Hallman's numbers against Bowling Green, he's got 24 blocks in two games against them. Yeah. I mean, that that's quality competition right there. I don't care if Bowling Green's down or not. They still got a quality team. I mean, they won the uh, Owensboro Invitational. Yeah, I don't think they're that down. I mean, you know, I think the force down a little bit, but not – you know, it's still, they're still competitive. Let's make no mistake. They beat Apollo and they beat Davis County. So as far as third region goes, those are your two and three teams in my book. Uh, so OHS handled their business well. You go back to the game on Friday night. I know it's a, it's a while back now, but that was a huge game versus Apollo, a big rivalry. It may not meant as much in the broad scope of seeding things, but, uh, this game was never really in doubt for OHS. Apollo didn't play bad. They didn't shoot the ball very well, uh, but they didn't play bad, but you just got the, the feeling that even with Miller on the bench that, it was pretty much OHS's game to lose. I mean, they just Apollo got within two or three here or there, but OHS when they when they stepped on the pedal, it just looked like they were the better basketball team. We haven't got to see Owensboro's two uh, losses this year, but from the all the games that we have seen, of course, have been wins. I don't think I've seen Owensboro going at a hundred yet, where they think their backs against the wall. So I think I think that's another good reason this upcoming stretch is good for them because they need to they need to not be coasting come tournament time because i mean just like last last year i mean muhlenberg county almost knocked them off so if you go in the region or even districts thinking that you're just going to walk through because you had such a good regular season and nobody's been within 20 points of you for the last month that might be a short season yeah i mean it you know i mean i know this this whole first part of the show is owens real love and it's owens real love every week but they they flat out earned it they're 23 and 2 um not really been challenged very much by any any local teams apollo did have them on the ropes in the first game let them off the hook um but like you said don't sleep on the first game of district even because and i don't think owens will they're very leadership based um but yeah i mean they regional tournament i've I've been watching high school basketball a long time and it's funny and i'm telling you right now if i've watched if i've watched 25 regional tournaments the the favorites came out of the region maybe five times that's being generous i mean even last year on the show you and clark were both saying that going by how districts were in the past that either apollo or owensboro was getting knocked off and one of them did yeah yeah so yeah absolutely so keep your eyes on that game but let's go ahead and get to the uh, owensboro hellboy of the week i'm fireproof you're not the winner's got to be Eric Holman. I mean, we can't start a Mr. Basketball campaign without giving him Hellboy of the Week. He's averaging right at 19 a game this week. Uh, what, about 14 boards, uh, right at about nine blocks. So, so he's right there on the triple-double level for the past week of games. So once he got to give it to him. Once he puts up his 11th triple-double against uh, Louisville Trinity, we'll go ahead and maybe have an official campaign on Twitter to get – Kentucky Mr. Basketball going for this guy because I mean like we said uh Frakes had no idea of his block game he he was he was literally shocked that Steve told him that 10 uh nine times throughout yeah. the season he had gotten to 10 he had no blocks idea. he had no idea and these guys are voting for Mr. Basketball so right. let's make sure we get that word out to these, these guys just I guess it's the unofficial stat thing but uh we'll move it on now we'll go we'll get to the uh the Apollo Eagles who uh coming off that loss versus uh, OHS uh picked it up back again on Tuesday night Played Hancock County, one of our favorite programs. Apollo picks up the win, 67-35. And then moving on to Henderson getting defeated by 
or Apollo getting defeated by Henderson 65-60 in a close win that Apollo, you got to love the heart that they showed in the second half. It looked like that game was out of reach and they continued to fight. Eli Wright ended up with 22 and 7 in the game against Henderson and Wells finished with 10. Yeah, we uh we actually just got got done watching the Apollo Hancock game. Unfortunately, Ty Ogle didn't play in the game. I think it kind of took some of the Actually, it took a lot of it off. I mean, you take a point guard away from a team, it makes a big difference. Apollo cruised to victory and never really was in doubt. They jumped out to a 9-0 run and never really looked back. So uh, it's unfortunate for Hancock. I think Ty Ogle, and no, no disrespect to any other kids on the team, but he's just a consummate leader. I mean, he's got the ball team. in his hands at all time. We even noticed that in Summer League where he was just starting to play. I mean, last year he was behind his brother Jake Ogle, and then we noticed in Summer League that Ty was going to have the ball in his hand 95% of the game. So, I mean, you take that off. And that, that that's what led to the uh, big opening run, I believe, is Apollo really looked good on their pressure defense and uh, trying to figure out what to do without your point guard. Yeah, and we, face, it, face the team has got Eli Wright and Trace Young and the athletes and wingspan that they got. Pressure defense is hard to play without your point guard. Yeah, we said that for OHS, it's two losses at King of the Bluegrass. You know, Jacoby goes down and, and uh, they don't have any other point guard. Because uh, Arius was hurt at that time as, t- as well, and then just Cam- like Cameron, Cameron O'Brien being out, we we've mentioned that several times. So yeah, you take Ty away from Hancock, makes a different game. I mean, uh, I think Apollo is a better team. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it definitely skewed the score quite a bit. I mean, uh, I, I saw some Hancock fans griping about the full court pressure late. I mean, they, you have to understand that Apollo is trying to get ready for for district, and they're trying to. Uh, you know, you can't just pull the dogs off at halftime because you're up a little bit. I mean, these you have to get, you have to to practice these things because you have to look at the schedule. Apollo's played has been a meat grinder. You talk about OHS's schedule. Apollo's is right there with them as far as uh, very very difficult games. So you're trying to get these kids some work uh, in a situation were, like that. They were playing defensive press, but I don't want to make sure that the points made that Eli Wright and the starters were out. I mean, they weren't playing the whole game like that. They was not like they had Eli Wright trying to throw alley oops the whole game whenever they were up 30. Right. No. It was it was the, they were bringing kids in off the bench to see what they've got. I mean, you've got a coach that's just now getting there and still trying to figure out what he's got with his program. You can't expect them to not use and benefit from 5 minutes of on-court time that you never get. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, this wasn't a Coach Edge versus Hancock County situation or anything. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, no, that, yeah. Future Owensboro coach, <laughs> Coach Edge. That's right. Let's do it. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We missed that boat completely, but that's the story for another day. We'll wait for Clark's here so he can give his two cents. It's because nobody's question. talking about anything, that man. That thing is tight-lipped over there. They're keeping the just everybody you, just hush-hush. Got a better shot of getting government secrets than figuring out anything from OHS. I agree. I, I do want to talk a little bit about the Henderson game, though. What I saw, I know Henderson's gotten a lot of publicity. They beat Trinity earlier in the year. They've been ranked second. Kind of got screwed versus Taylor County. And the Goodwin kid, uh, I thought, I watched it online. Henderson really got screwed. Got a technical late for hanging on the rim. It was a bogus call. They should have won that game. They should really only have two losses. One to Davis County. But I'll tell you right now, this Hancock, or this Henderson County team is legit. I mean, Simmons is about as good as I've seen. I know, and it's offensively. I'll say that. Holman's the most complete player, but offensively, uh, Simmons is the best player I've seen all year. I mean, the kid was getting to the hole and, and getting the and ones. I mean, and they got the Crowley kid who can just, I mean, he does not look like a basketball player. He can look like, I mean, he just doesn't look like a basketball player at all, but he can shoot, flat out shoot the basketball. So, uh, Henderson's dangerous. I, I'm looking forward to seeing them in Owensboro, see how that matchup goes. I know whenever Apollo made the run to come back against Henderson, I was hearing that Eli Wright was running with the ball a little bit more, running the point there. I mean, 
Eli Wright and Trace Young as your guards is pretty nasty. So, I mean, yeah, what, did, a, what did you think of that when you were watching it? It's a huge point. Um, I don't know if Barker's got – you know, that's the thing about high school basketball around here. You see teams the way they play all year, and you get the tournament, and there's a wrinkle. And you're like, where'd that come from? Where's that been all year? It's because a coach has something up his sleeve. And every now and then, you'll see him whip it out for a second, you know, in a, in a game like this maybe where – uh, you know, Apollo needs a spark versus a very good Henderson team. They throw Eli right at the point. They let Trace run the wing, Eli's spot, and Caleb really, really played well in the middle. Uh, they're down 18 to start the game. They go on, uh, or start the fourth quarter, I'm sorry, and they go on a ridiculous run with the, with that lineup. Of course, Simmons did get in foul trouble. We can't like to point that out, but still, I mean, e- the team looked different. Eli creating uh, with the basketball, it's no disrespect to Ben Moss, but Eli is just so dynamic with the ball that, and when he gets in the lane, he draws two, maybe three defenders, and he can either a go up against those defenders who we've seen him finish first two or three guys before, or he has the option to go up and then dish to the wing, you know, cutting Trace Young or a, or a wide open Coombs underneath, or a Ben Moss spotted up for three. Yeah, who we know yeah. can knock down threes. And uh, another kid, we're not talking about him at all, Zach Hopewell. I mean, we mentioned him in the OHS, but man, this kid is just playing phenomenal ball. I mean, he's, he's earned a, he's earned a starting spot. Uh, he's he's a we've talked about him ever since we saw him in hop, at the Hoptown game, a slasher that can get to the hole. Uh, just gives Apollo another scoring threat. Another guy can knock down threes as well as he knocked down one against Hancock. Yeah, he looks like kind of what I expected Trace Young to come in and look like. Trace is, God bless him, I mean, he's just still getting his legs under him. I mean, he just looks kind of lost in the offense a little bit right now, which is expected. I mean, the kid rolls in at the end of January. You can't expect him to just step right in right away into this offense with Eli and, every, you know, the team's already together and it, they're still putting the pieces together. But to me, the X factor for Apollo's success the kid I really, really, really think that could put him over the hump is Zach Hopewell. So let's get to our Apollo Creed champion of the week. This time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. I got a horrible habit of talking about these kids for a long time before I announce the player of the week. It's obviously Zach Hopewell. That's called uh, a segue. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I probably should uh, – Hype it up and then like announce it. Then we'll talk about him. But yeah, no, he, he's earned it. Uh, just because he's earned it, he's just found a role in the starting lineup. I mean, he's worked his way into the lineup all season. Before we move on from Apollo, two things I noticed from the game we've seen tonight against Hancock is uh, Hayden Sheldon. They brought this kid up and got him some playing time. I don't think I've seen him miss the shot. He knocked down a three in the game. I think I've seen him hit, hit 15 in pregame. I don't know if I see, that's a nice shot that kid's got. Dude, I mean, if he's anything like his brother. Uh, he can flat out shoot the rock, and I don't know where he's been. Like I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where the kid's been, but I know one thing is they don't shoot the three very well at Apollo this year. That kid, I put that him kid in the does. corner today. That uh, kid does. I, three that's right. is a magic number, and it is a magic number yes, because it it's a magic number. Apollo struggles against the zone, and I can tell you the fastest way to get a team out of some whack. Lack zone to stop Eli from penetrating the lane is have Hayden Shelton spot up and hit about four or five of them things or, or Zach Hopewell. And quickly before we move on from Apollo, the other thing I noticed against Hancock County is Trace Young's presence inside. I was down, down there taking pictures right at the uh, goal line level and when he goes up to go for a block, he's 12 feet in the air in some of these pictures. I mean, his, his hand is even with the top of the, uh, 
top of the backboard glass there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, that's a, that's a nice thing to have whenever you might have to end up seeing Mr. Hallman and Mr. Miller down low. He's had some blocks that are just absurd. I mean, he trailer blocks where he comes out of nowhere, and uh, he I, like you said before the game. I, I don't. I'm not so sure he hasn't grown. I'm not so sure this kid's not six nine. Yeah, I think he's closer to six nine now. And his wingspan, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's just a sophomore. He's still working his way in. Uh, he hasn't looked particularly comfortable, um, and I'm not sure that he's going to all season. I think maybe it's a next season kind of thing. Uh, but for Trace, the sky's the limit. I mean, talent out the yin yang for Trace Young. But let's, let's move it on now. Apollo is 14 and 12 on the season after the win versus Hancock. We'll move it on to Davis County right now. Davis County had a two and one week as Davis County defeated McLean County 80 to 40. Marsh Griff led the way with 18 points, 10 assists, a double double from Stuart Curry, 16 points, 10 boards, and Zach Burton with 12. Moving on to Saturday as the Green Wave from Meade defeats Davis County 69-54. Stuart Curry leads the way with 22. Michael Gilmer with 14. Meade was led by Dermans 23. And then we'll finish it up Friday. D.C. defeats Catholic 50-36. to Hagen leads the way with 16. Marsh Griff with 12. And for O.C., Hayden leads the way with 13. Yeah, we'll start right there. How about that? I really I predicted, as a matter of fact, on the show last week that Catholic would – would get the W. This game just screams Davis County. I mean, you look at the score, fifty to thirty-six. That's the that's the kind of game they want to get you in, like a the dog fight, uh, just take you out back and just beat you down. Uh, and you see their leading scorer, Tyler Hagen. He's the defensive master, as we've called him for the last year on there, and that's the type of game they want to play with Hagen uh, and Gilmer. Is they want to hold the uh, guards, slow down the game, and keep it a low-scoring game. And if you can hold. Catholic with 36 points with Cameron O'Brien on the court. That's impressive. Yeah, I think they held Ed Carter to 11, and I think Cam only had like seven, and I think Zuber had five. I mean, when you, when you only score 36, there's not going to be a lot of scoring. Go back and look at any of these stats from uh, teams that play D.C. Their guards don't put up a lot. We were noticing that against Owensboro and against Apollo. These D.C. guards, man, they will lock you down. You're exactly right. That's a, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the, no guards have scored very much on, on county all year. It's a, you know, and it's a shame, man. One of these teams is going home. Apollo or Davis County is, we're not going to get to see very much in, anymore. And, uh, both of them are, are very deserving, uh, you know, to, to play farther, but that all four of these teams. <laughs> And yeah. two of them are going to be eliminated after the first game of district. All four of them could win region if they get there. No, absolutely. And it's we've not been, a stretch to say that. I think we've been saying that since about June, to be honest with you. We've been talking about the ninth district since June. And I know people outside the ninth probably hate us, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, Meade County definitely hates us because they've already beat Davis County and they beat Catholic. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, that's a little bit of a shock. Not only did they beat Davis County, they thumped them. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even really that close. That was a day after coming off the big effort you've seen against Catholic with the defensive effort, and then they had to get on the bus and ride two hours to Meade yeah. County. That's a tough thing to do. That's why we were so impressed by the uh, lady wave of Meade County making that trip all those times during the regional tournament and winning all those games. Every day. Traveled it every day. That's it's crazy. insane. Yeah, you know, and Durbin puts up 23. So hats off to Meade, who has been on a slip and slide. We'll get to them in our out of ninth district uh, portion of the show. But uh, that that's, that score shocked me. But then Davis County bounced back so nicely with a 40-point win. This is a McLean County team that took them to overtime uh, about a month ago. And so Davis County refocused themselves. They said, you know, this team took us to overtime. They went out and handled their business with a 40-point something. Zach Burton had a double-double in that game, 12 points, 10 boards. And we said that we thought he was the X factor for Davis County. And when he's playing that well, putting up double-doubles, you got three guys for Davis County that had double-doubles in that game. Yeah. You put that up in high school, you're winning your games. That's pretty 
pretty solid. I mean, you know, Marsh Griff is going to get his. Curry is likely going to get his. But if Burton gets his or uh, you, you got Hagen stepping in, now Gilmer stepping in, uh, man, Coach Hume's done such a good job with that uh, Panthers group. I mean, just all across the board. He took this, in my opinion, he took it from being a two-man team with Burton every once in a while to now they're a complete basketball team. And uh, they can get at – Hagen and Gilmer are defensive specialists, but now you start putting them on the scoring end of it. Gilmer with 14 versus Meade. Uh, you got Hagen with 16 versus Catholic. I mean, phew. It's dangerous. I mean, it, I don't see a, and that's the difference right now for me in the, the, you know, we're getting into the district thing again, but you look at the Apollo DC matchup, it's so huge. And that's the difference for me is Davis County is coming together more as a team, whereas you still see Wright 22, Wells 10, Wright 28, Hopewell 14. Like you don't see, you're not seeing like across the board consistency, um, that, that you need to see as a team. And, and Apollo can can beat anybody because Eli is one of the best players in the state of Kentucky. But teams usually do better than individuals, and that's why at this point, I mean, Davis County is looking like the odds-on favorite. That'll Let's, bring us nicely into the yep. Davis County Thundercat of the week. And baseball don't start for another couple weeks. I mean, but uh, we're going to give it to Stuart Curry. Uh, Louisville signing on the pitching mounds, getting it done on the hardwood as well. 22 uh, versus me, uh, 16 and 10 versus DC. I mean, excuse me, versus McLean. And he had a 10 and 10 point and 11 rebound game. So he's, he's hitting the glass. This is a guy that plays kind of like Dirk, but he's getting about 11, 10 rebounds a game. So you got to acknowledge it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Stuart Curry ended up walking on to Louisville's program and playing dude 6'7 and can get a shot off at any time. Yeah, it's just nasty. I mean, I've been talking baseball with some people in the stands, so I got baseball on the mind, and Davis County's getting it done on the hardwood, but my God, they're going to be loaded when it comes to baseball baseball season right around the corner. It's got to warm up a little bit for us first, though, before we get to that. Let's go ahead and get to the Owensboro Catholic Aces. They lost to Graves County on Saturday, 60-49. They were led by Ed Carter with 20-10, and 10, another double-double from the block. Dr. Camel Bryan pitched in 17 then Tuesday, they got a win versus Greenwood, 57-42. Yeah, I feel like they bounced back nicely versus Greenwood. I mean, they a little bit of a slide. I was a little disappointed, to be honest with you, because I really thought uh, this team was starting to turn, you know, with their starters in there. I mean, that being said, I mean, this is almost like the first month of the season for Catholic. I mean, really, if you think about it, because they're just getting their people under them. And Graves is no joke. They're a Region 1 powerhouse, having to make that long trip down there. That's what I was going to say. That's another one of those Saturday games yeah. where you're coming off of the Friday game that's usually a big game that you put all your energy to. You wake up three hours after going to bed that night, and then you've got to get on the bus and go for two hours. Yeah, versus a very good Graves County team. So I kind of almost stole that one out. Uh, the Greenwood win is nice. 57-42 kind of put it out of reach. Uh, for Catholic, but, you know, we've been saying all along, it's kind of like a broken record. You know, this is a team, uh, that may not, they're 11 and 14 on the season, but, uh, don't sleep on them because I don't care, really care what the record is. It reminds me of a couple years ago, two years ago, when, uh, Davis County rolled in, uh, to OHS. They were 6 and 0, and they, they were taking on a, an 0 and 6 Catholic team in the first round of district. And Ed Carter just dominated, flat out dominated Davis County, uh, and led them uh, to the first round that took them all the way to the regional championship game. That's the kind of, uh, potential in my mind that Owens Royal Catholic has. It's a tough matchup, obviously. OHS, in my opinion, is top five in the state, 
but that's how good the ninth district is. I really think they can compete. Cam O'Brien, anytime you got a sharpshooter like Ray Zuber, who hasn't been particularly hot lately, all it takes is one game. I mean, Hayden as well for OC. Oh, Hayden. The sniper out there as well. They got some, I think the, the bad part of the matchup with Owensboro is obviously the size. I mean, Ed Carter plays like he's 6'8", but he's, he's actually 6'3". If he was 6'8", or if, you know, they got some kind of height, not even a, not even really necessarily a guy that's skilled that can come in and get you 15 points, but if they just had somebody that could get some height, get some rebounding against Owensboro, I'd like them a lot better. But if you got if you got the block doctor, Cameron O'Brien, and Ray Zuber on your team, you got a shot. Yeah, I mean, I saw I – saw, uh... Ed on Eric and then let uh, old Bailey Maloney, the football player, size up with uh, with uh, Miller and just see what happens. I mean, you know, and try to defend their guards the best you could possibly do it. I mean, the bad thing about OHS is you gotta you gotta pick your poison. You have to find the kid on the team. Hey, we'll, we'll let that guy beat us. And then the bad news for most teams is the guy that guy, whoever it is, is the guy that can beat you, whether it be Jacoby or whether it be obviously Morrow. Just Even just, Deontay just, Douglas, the freshman coming off the bench, making some contributions for Owensboro. Yeah, no, no question. And uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't want to take take all the Catholic time to talk about OHS, but it's a tough matchup. Catholics looking to end the season strong. They've got a couple games here left uh, before that big matchup with Owensboro in about a week and a half. So let's go ahead and get to our uh, Gambit's Ace of the Week. And I got to go Ed Carter. I mean, he pretty much owns the award. Cameron owned it last year. He owns it this year. Uh, 20 and 10 versus Graves. And he, he only put up 11 versus DC, but he did have 10 boards. Another, he, basically, the guy is a double double machine. It is what it is. Like I said on the last show, you can make an argument for that guy for MVP since he's had to carry him on his back and the uh, other MVP candidates kind of have some teammates that you could rely on if, if your uh, brother goes down. But Ed Carter's had, had to carry OC on rebounding points and blocks absolutely yeah he, he's definitely uh, we we said it, every program i feel like it's a broken record but you know in any other given year this guy right here third region player of the year unfortunately he's got two freaking mr basketball candidates in the same district as him which is almost absurd so hopefully we'll get to see uh, the block doctor playing at kwc or one of these local colleges that's right absolutely kid, he keeps quit sleeping on this kid no doubt no no doubt at all but uh, right now we're moving on we'll do something a little different instead of doing a top 10 which is kind of redundant because we kind of know how the top 10 the top of it stacked anyway i did a little something different i did uh five teams that are just having the best week outside the ninth how about that so it's i don't like know a winner to me it. i don't have a name for it but we'll do a, a top five fab best, five michigan best. style baby that's right that's right uh we'll start things off number one i got the muhlenberg mustangs they're sitting at 14 and 12 after they got a big win versus uh, butler tonight they defeated marshall county and the biggest win of them all though was last friday night versus mclean county the cougars 10th district champs they knocked off the cougars uh really close ball game mclean county played them well but muhlenberg found a way to get it done as they usually do and they were led by none other than marshall mathers himself hunter nossinger going for 20 in that one yeah i mean that's what big players do right they show up in big games and um i, I don't know i don't have clark here my third region wikipedia is not here but uh i don't know muhlenberg's pretty much own the 10th district i mean i know ohio county's a powerhouse but man that's muhlenberg's district period mclean had that game in hand there for a little while i was like wow mclean running up the score almost there for muhlenberg and then muhlenberg man you tony hopper and slim shady if you've got them on the court you got a shot even if you're down 20 just see the third region championship last year i'm gonna get him a wizard's hat to wear on the sidelines with a little wand because that's what he does i mean he's a winner period and uh we mentioned knobsinger's 20 uh, the 
Muhlenberg team is led by Hunter Knopfsinger and is averaging 15 points per game for the Stangs. Mama Knopfsinger wanted us to know there's another Knopfsinger coming up. I think he's like eight years old. And uh, he, she said in his first game he got off 15 shots and told the coach he didn't get to shoot enough. <laughs> so might have a scorer there. We'll see. We'll see how that goes with Coach Hopper in the future. But Nick, uh, Nicknamed the little one Kobe instead of Slim Shady. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, don't, let's not get our show confused with any other show who decides not to talk about Muhlenberg. We, we, we try to talk about all the good teams. I mean, uh, it is what it is in Muhlenberg. I've been saying it all along. I don't care what the record is. Their record's been down in the dumps. To me, if I'm OHS, if I'm looking at a team outside the ninth that scares me the most, it's the Muhlenberg County Mustangs. Throw the records out the window, folks, because Muhlenberg County's schedule is much, much, much more difficult than any team outside the ninth district. It's not even close. As an OHS fan, I've got to say I'm not so sure I'm not most scared of Muhlenberg out of anyone in the region. Yeah, Ninth district teams included. Matchup wise, it's not a terrible matchup, and they shoot the three. They got big Zeke out there. They can shoot the three just as good as anybody, if not better than anybody in the region. So that instantly makes you dangerous. When you can come out and knock down, like, say, you know, 15 out of 25 from three-point land, you're going to be in most games. And this is a team with McElwain and Knopfsinger and company, Merritt in the middle. Um, Muhlenberg is very, very dangerous. And that's why, to me, they're having the best week ever at the top, outside the ninth district. Merritt is the perfect example of the guy I was saying Catholic needs, just somebody that could match up with the size of Owensboro. That's Bye. that guy. If you If you haven't seen Zeke Merritt, He's bigger than Justin Miller. Yeah, he's, significantly. Yeah, he's he is. He, he's a body that can go toe to toe with him. He reminds me a little bit of a of a rough uh, Harris or Hunter Bivin when Apollo had him just to throw down there low, just clog up space and gets the ball on the block and puts it in the basket. Reminds me of Tractor Trailer, another Michigan <laughs> reference. <laughs> We'll move it on now to number two, and this team did suffer a setback tonight to John Harden, but they uh, they beat Cloverport, they beat Grayson, and most importantly to me, they beat Davis County, which to me makes them 3-0 and in district play in the past week after they were on a serious, like lost seven out of their last nine. It's the Mead uh, Green Waves. They're sitting at 14-9 and on the season, and, you know, I thought I'd kind of written them off, to be honest with you. I thought, well, here they come. Here comes the slide. They're starting to play region teams. They're falling apart. And then they come back with three big regional wins. Uh, it was them versus Grayson kind of to get off the schneid and they beat Grayson. But the one that really turned my head, of course, is the D- DC game. And now they're two and oh versus ninth district. You can't really, you can't write them off. I mean, they're two and oh versus ninth district. I mean, they're, they're asking us, you know, where are we at? Hey guys, where's the love? So, uh, the, the green waves are sitting, sitting pretty. Josh Durbin's averaging 12 points a game. It's a balanced effort, uh, for the green waves. But their basketball team reminds you a lot of their football team. Balanced really? effort. A lot of guys just goes in there, brings their lunch pail with them and puts in work. Just scrappy as hell. And, uh, you know, well, I got to talk about it right now. And while we're on the subject, the 11th district drawings are set and, uh, Meade County drew number one seed and they're going to be playing, oddly enough, uh, the number four seed in Hancock County, which to me, outside the ninth district, this is the most intriguing first round elimination matchup of them all. So a good team's going home. There's some bad blood between those two schools too. Oh, absolutely. That's going to make for a, uh, a knockdown drag out. And I don't care if they're the four seed or the one seed, you can, whatever. That's going to be a, that's going to be a heck of a basketball game. I truly believe. Yeah. We just watched Tancock County two weeks ago, take down Muhlenberg, who we just said has a chance to win the region. So I mean, and that's a first round matchup you're getting with Hancock and me. That's incredible. We need to get to that one. Yeah, and then you got Grayson County in eleventh, who's matched up with Trinity. And Grayson County's record sixteen and nine, and they they started very well, uh, but 
They're, they've lost five out of their last six. They're sliding. And guess who they get to face in the first round? The Trinity Raiders, who talk about hitting some threes. I mean, they know a little bit about that. They're sitting at 10 and 17. So <laughs> I tell you, it could be a magic number. Uh, you know, we, you could see, I could see a scenario playing out where you have two upsets in the 11th. Three's a really magic number whenever D. Morris is out there hitting 10 of them. 10 of them, yeah. I'll take that to go. Uh, so, you know, two intriguing matchups to me in the 11th. It's going to be fun. D- district regional tournament, obviously, is my favorite time of year. But uh, we'll move it on right now to the number three team outside the ninth having the best week. Breckenridge County defeated Ohio. They defeated Edmondson. They defeated Butler. Uh, so Breckenridge County, after they they get beat to OHS, uh, you get three big wins. Yeah, I mean, three huge wins. Ohio County, Edmondson, Butler, those are all regional wins. So... Uh, that brings their record to 15 and 9. I think that they answer the bell. You know, they come in, they lose to OHS and played them tough. They played them real tough. And the Fighting Critchlows come back with three big regional wins. So you got to tip your cap to them. Another thing you got to tip your cap to is the ESPN Sports Center student section they had. Best one we've seen so far. The commentator in the middle with the mustache was straight off of Anchorman. Yes, absolutely. And you got to talk about Cody Mingus, Ben Miller. Tag team champions of the world. Uh, ben Miller's averaging 17 points per game. And Brett County, another team you're going to see. I think you're going to see them at, uh, unfortunately, Cloverport's got them. So we'll see how that goes. If, like we were talking about Muhlenberg being the biggest risk to the Ninth District teams. If it's not Muhlenberg, it's Brett County. Yeah, I totally screwed up. I said the Grayson Trinity was in the 11th. Grayson Trinity is in the 12th. Breck and Cloverport's the other uh, 11th matchup. And, hey, Nick Miller's – I mean, and Nick Miller uh, – Nick Smith, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Nick Smith is balling, folks. And so, you know, that that's another matchup. I mean, I know on paper it looks like Breck is an obvious uh, favorite by quite a bit of, uh, of a margin. But, you know, Nick Smith factor, don't ever write him off. What do you have, 36 versus Hancock? Yeah, 36 points. Fif- yeah. 15 boards. That transitions nicely into my fourth team, who's Cloverport, knocks off Hancock County in District that's a huge upset. First time since 2002, what, 24, 26 meetings. And then you got the Nick Smith factor, like I said, coming in and, and getting things done. We had him on our show a couple weeks ago, and he's showing everybody why. 36 points from this kid. I mean, a kid with this type of size and handle that he has and the shooting stroke that he has, there's no reason that this kid isn't getting D1 offers. I, I see some posts of some people get D1 offers from out of state that just cause I guess they're covered more in Lexington and Louisville and things like that in AAU ball. There's no, there's no way that some of these kids deserve a division one scholarship more than Nick Smith. Just go watch them. Absolutely. And his shooting, uh, he was 13 of 18 from the field. It wasn't like he went out and jacked up 40 shots. I mean, the kid was accurate. <laughs> he was shooting the ball very well, and he was doing it all across the board. I mean, passing it well, rebounding it well, very complete player, Nick Smith. Yeah, you can't just double and triple team him because he'll drive to the hole and find his teammates. And like I said, his teammates stepped up. I was expecting Cloverport to be a one-man show, and I went to the sports center and seen him, and they had some guys that can knock down open threes and some guys that if you kick it out to them, and then a defender has to run at them, they'll put a pump fake up and go right to the hole. Yeah, some people might be scratching their head. Cloverport having the fourth best week of any team outside the ninth. Hey, you knock off Hancock County, you knock off Dawson Springs, you come out, you got a two-game win streak, you got Nick Smith on your team. Uh, you're coming, district's right around the corner, you're going to roll in there with a little bit of momentum and 
you know, I think they're right. That's right where they belong. I think they deserve a little bit of respect. And they knock off Hancock County after waiting since eighth grade year. That I got a, <laughs> got a message from some of the Cloverport people. They said that the last time they were actually close to Hancock County was the seniors, like Nick Smith and them, their eighth grade year. So they've been waiting a long time. So enjoy that one, Aces. That's right. It's a long time coming to recap since I screwed it up. Meade will play Hancock, the one in the four seed in the 11th. Breck is the two seed. Cloverport's the three seed because they knocked off Hancock and Got the three seed in a draw, so uh, very interesting district there. Uh, even though uh, Grayson Trinity's not in it, still I think both games are you know up in the air. I know Breck's the obvious favorite versus Cloverport, but Nick Smith factor don't write it off. And uh, we'll get to the twelfth region now. The team that's having the fifth uh, best uh, week of anybody, way up north, a lot of snow on the ground. It's the Edmondson County Sharpshooters. <laughs> Sitting at 15 and 11 on the season. And this is, you know, we put them in the, in the football show because we like the sound effect and we kind of like to be funny about it. And they also tapped that team out and got a stoppage. <laughs> they did, which Hart County. Very I mean, wrestling look. That's unbelievable. A storyline there, but, uh. That's right. It was Hart County. It wasn't was it? Hart County that they tapped out, which is just the irony. It's phenomenal. The irony is just almost overbearing. But, uh, now in basketball season, we, we didn't even talk about it. I mean, like, months went by, but we didn't even mention Edmondson County. And now, here they are, uh, sitting at 15-11 and 11 on the season. Uh, they defeated Trinity and Ohio this week. They did lose to Breck in a very close ball game. Uh, but Edmondson County is your number one seed in the 12th district. They drew, and they'll, they'll be playing Butler County in the first round. And they've already uh, knocked off Butler twice this year. So, Edmondson's the odds-on favorite to be moving on to the sports center, so the Sharpshooters might be coming to town. Sharpshooters coming in hot to the tournament, like Bret Hart when he left the Hart Foundation and Jim Nanville Nightheart and got that white-hot babyface run. That's right. And then in the other matchup in the 12th, you got Grayson and Trinity, which I've already screwed up and put them in the 11th, but they're in the 12th. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a game that could go either way. Uh, if you look at Chalk, uh, Grace and Edmondson, and that's a game where they hate each other. That'd be a 12th district, uh, possibility. For, you know, both teams would march on to the region. So just gave me a little district previews today and trying to, to look ahead because that's right around the corner, about a week and a half away. It starts, uh, some regions start on, or some districts start on Monday. Uh, the ninth will start on a week from, well, last Tuesday. It'll be, it'll be actually a week from this coming up Tuesday. Got the second game on Wednesday, championship on Friday. So, I mean, it's right around the corner. I would tell our friends up in Edmondson to uh, follow us on Twitter at the Homers, but our good good friend Big Tuna let us know they didn't have internet up there. <laughs> they did. He yeah, he trashed them pretty good. I mean, he was he was salty after uh, Edmondson knocked them off last time. So you know they're licking their chops. They got to get past Trinity and the hot shooting three pointers first. But I'm telling you that that's a that's a blood matchup for the twelfth. They got to have the talents of Gary fly in. <laughs> right, bring him out. And they're asking us to come cover it. They're like, are you going to be able to make it down here? Man, I could barely make it to the ninth District, which is about two minutes from my house, lying on down to Grayson or, or actually at Edmondson County High School is where it's at. So I'd have to get a passport and uh, plane tickets and everything else to get up there. So I don't think I can make that trip. Have to worry about running into Mounties and all that yeah. stuff, little shock sticks. Yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay down here where I'm safe uh, below the border. But, uh, that'll about do it for our top five out of the region. Some teams that have been sliding a little bit. Hancock's lost a few in a row. They're struggling a little bit. Missing their guy, Ty Ogle. They're sitting at 15 and 11. Uh, Grayson County's at 16 and 9. Not sure what's going on with Shellhart, but, uh, we'll see if they, you know, Grayson County's a team that's tricky. They got a lot of talent. And they could really make a run. I could see this team in the, in the third region championship game. That's how talented they are. But they've slipped and lost five of the last six. 
You got Whitefield Trinity sitting at 10 and 17. Uh, always dangerous the way they can shoot the three. And, and, and that, people may scoff at that. Oh, they're dangerous is Whitefield Trinity. I'm telling you, if you've seen this team play in the last couple of weeks, you would agree with what I'm saying. Yeah, go watch them if Absolutely. you're laughing at that. Yeah, they are very, they're very well coached and they can flat shoot the basketball. And then McLean at eight and 14, they've got talent on the team across the board, but they're slip sliding down. Uh, they're on the verge of missing the regional again. I thought they were a lock this year. They're going to have to fight their way in versus Ohio County in the 10th, which we, we haven't talked about at all, but that, that's a matchup McLean's got to win. Yeah, you've seen McLean almost beat Muhlenberg this past week to win the district. So, I mean, they were right in that game with Muhlenberg, who we just once again said that are a threat to win the region. Yeah. So, I mean, they can hang with them. It's just putting it all together right like they were at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, they were rolling. They were rolling. You can't let district slip – or you can't let regional slip away again. You, you, last year, they were right on the doorstep and let it get away from them. I feel like they were – they were right at the top of the mountain mid-season looking at maybe one more win would punch their ticket for free. They were 10 seconds away from beating Muhlenberg and, and winning it a week ago. Yeah, and then here we are, and, and now they're, they're going to have to uh, face an elimination game in the first round versus Ohio County. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. They've got Apollo uh, tonight, but uh, we'll move it on now and shift gears a little bit. I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Clark's not here to do all the talking for me is the problem. But uh, we'll move, we got to move it on to girls basketball a little bit before we get into the hot matchups for the weekend coming up. Uh, got a new top five. Man, there's a big shakeup in the top five this week. Got a team making some noise. I'm going to kick things off right off the jump. I'm going to get to the number five. We got. I don't know why. We should just make it the top six because there's always six teams in my top five. I got a tie for fifth. I got, I'm going to kick things off with the Brett County Lady Tigers. Sitting at 16 and seven. Uh, they won two games this week versus McLean and, and Louisville Valley, but they, but they lost, uh, some big games in the region. They lost to Muhlenberg, which to me is huge because Muhlenberg is, is on fire. Uh, Lily Grimes put up 20, uh, versus McLean. Big, big win to get, keep them on track. They're sitting at 16 and seven. It's a team that was red hot. Uh, just a week ago, it had kind of a rough patch there, but uh, I still think it's a team that can contend for the third region girls. This thing, this thing's kind of wide open, really, if you want to get right down to it. Uh, the other team I have sitting at five has kind of clawed their way back in. They were slip sliding around, uh, but we all know what happens when you mess around with the lady ways from Meade County. Trophies get broke. <laughs> That's right. They're sitting at 16 and eight. And they've reeled off three straight wins. Kelsey Sutton back in the lineup may be the reason. That's big time. We went to the uh, Owensboro Mead County game, and we were noticing the offense wasn't wasn't like we were expecting. And then we realized Kelly Kelsey Sutton wasn't in the game. But I mean, you take out a girl that can score you thirteen to fifteen points a game off a high school team, and that's going to hurt you. Absolutely. And then what's most impressive about Mead's three straight wins? It's one of them was versus Louisville Butler, who's ranked number two in the state of Kentucky. So that just shows you the capabilities that this Green Waves team has. Kind of like what we saw at the end of the year last year. They came together and got it going. And we, we can't talk about the Green Waves, obviously, without talking about our girl, Morgan Turner. She's the third region player of the week. Boys and girls, whatever. She's our third region player of the week, averaging 20 points per game, 11 boards, and was it seven assists? Is that yep. correct? Yeah. All right. So uh, Morgan Turner's just getting it done. Had a triple double this past week. So speaking of Mr. Hallman throwing yeah, up the triple double, right. I think Morgan's on number five triple double this year already. Yeah. I mean, how she, she's not in the McDonald's All American game is still a bigger travesty than Hallman not getting the nod. This girl's getting. She's got two thousand points and one thousand career rebounds, and you you can't get her a spot on the McDonald's All American game. Yeah. I mean, she and her team's kind of battled injuries. She's kind of carried the load uh, for the last couple of weeks. Now she's got some, some scoring help back. I'm telling you, 
Uh, come tournament time, when you see the lady waves across the floor from you, you're going to know you're getting going to get a champion's uh, effort because uh, they're, they're reigning champions. And like Ric Flair says, hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Or I think last night on NXT, Charlotte was the champion, which is Ric Flair's daughter. They said to beat to be the woman, you got to beat the woman, and I think that kind of takes more precedence here. That's what I said in our uh, region predictions. There I said Morgan Turner, Morgan Turner's the woman until somebody beats her. You got to beat the woman That's to right. be the woman, and she got the third region ring from last year if she hasn't broken it. I fully believe it. I would have put them a little higher. I would have probably put them at four. But that's where the Davis County Lady Panthers sit after kind of a tough week. They're sitting at 19 and 8. They did beat me last Saturday. That's why they, they held their spot at 4, if anybody's curious out there. Uh, but they turned around and lost. Uh, Owensboro Catholic on Friday. They beat me on Saturday. Then they lost to Grayson County. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Panthers are 1 and 2 in the past week. And they've got a huge, huge matchup tonight versus Muhlenberg County, who is flat out on fire. So I expect Davis County, uh, it's still a team that's going to make some noise. I still look into that first round of district because Braylon Rose has got the walking boot off. She's not playing yet, but she's got the uh, the walking boot off for Apollo. That Davis County Apollo first round matchup, much like the boys, is going to be all bets are off type of matchup. Grudge match on both sides. Get the steel cage out. Yeah, I mean, throw the, throw the freaking rankings out the window. The rankings don't mean anything anyway when it comes right down to matchups and elimination games. And Davis County and Apollo, we saw it last year. Uh, they got Janaya Hall and Braylon Rhodes will be back healthy. And uh, they got the Shelton girl over there at Apollo. So Davis County has got to be ready to play uh, come district time. We'll move it to number three right now. Team is just three, number three with a bullet, I should say. Because we got to see them at the Sports Center like a couple Saturdays ago. Knocked off our number one team at the time in Grayson County Lady Cougars. It's the Muhlenberg County Lady Mustang sitting at 16-9. and nine. They've ruled off three straight wins. Uh, sandwiched in there is a loss to Henderson. I think we've already said this about Davis County. When you lose to Henderson girls, you just throw it out because they're phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're, they're a different kind of animal. That's uh, almost college basketball going on e- up there. Exactly. So they've won six out of seven. You throw that out, you might as well say they've won six in a row in my book. And they beat McLean, they beat Red Hot Breckenridge, and they beat Apollo fairly handily. Uh, so the Lady Mustangs are on a roll. I mean, they're they're knocking off region opponents at will. Like I said, they've got a huge win tonight versus Davis County. That's a game I'm going to be looking to with a lot of interest because the Lady Mustangs are very, very well coached, and Bailey Harney can flat get it done. I can't say that we've seen a ton of their games, but the game we've seen at the Sports Center against Grayson County, and we know Grayson County is legit and are tournament tested. We've seen them at the third region tournament last year, and they rolled Grayson County. It wasn't even as close as the final score indicated. Yeah, and then, you know, so that, it turned my head a little bit. So, uh, Muhlenberg County is trending upward in the correct direction right before playoff time. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I've got a sneaking suspicion just by looking at how well this team's coached, how fundamentally sound they are, and how well they shoot the basketball that they are going to factor in heavily, uh, to the third region tournament at some point. Uh, move it up to number two now. Might have some beef because Muhlenberg did beat them, but they, they're coming off. I mean, they're having a, a, a great week. It's the Grayson County Lady Cougars sitting at 20 and five, the best re, best record in the region. They reeled off four straight wins after they lost, after that loss to Muhlenberg. They took it to heart and now they got right back down to, to just winning ball games. They beat Davis County 36 to 33. It's a huge, huge game in my, in my mind as far as the rankings go and kind of the pecking order of the third region. So, the Lady Cougars are right there. Much like we said about some of these other games, the uh, Grayson game that we're talking about was also another Saturday game with a weird time. It was like the second or third game in a tournament jamboree thing. So I'm not going to put too much 
uh, too much into what I've seen on that day. But, I mean, Grayson County, we've seen them. Once again, I'll bring it back to the Meade County game last year. They can they can beat anybody if they're shooting like that. you got uh, Maddie Sims and Grace White are two of the best players in the region. Maddie Stewart. Yeah, Maddie Stewart is – she's got the jump stop down pat. I mean, this is another team. Like I said – to open this thing up, I, to my book, uh, Catholic's a team to beat the number one. Lady Aces, 19-7, and seven, uh, won nine out of the last ten. Huge win versus Assumption. They knocked off Davis County on Friday. Uh, they're the team to beat. Uh, but but in my book, uh, this region's wide open. I mean, you're talking about six teams here that I just mentioned. I think you throw Apollo into the, that mix. and uh, When you got Janae Hall, you've got to throw them in the mix. Oh, yeah, you throw them in the mix. And... Uh, Man, girls region is going to be a blast. But to, in my mind, back to the number one team, I don't want to not talk about them at all. The Lady Aces, I know, uh, Mr. Barry would not approve of us just not talking about them. Uh, you know, they started the season very slowly. You know, we've, we've got, I, I, I say we, I'm the one who makes the, the rankings. I, I guess I received some hate for not having Catholic there all year long. And the fact of the matter is they just started slow. You're going to, re- you're going to receive some hate right now because you didn't give them an official intro so I could play on their theme music. I didn't. I just kind of rolled right in. Mr. Barry will hate Horrible on Horrible well. segues today for me, but uh, that is what it is. Your number one team give is it to the them. Lady Aces from Catholic. I mean, I, I'd be hard-pressed if we didn't get to hear that song. Oh, yeah. It's classic from uh, Jada J. Cutler. And, you know, that people said, well, that should have been number one all year long. I think that I've said that, you know, rankings-wise, you have to go by who beats who at certain times and records and whatnot. I think we've said all along that at the end of the day, this is this is right there with me counting as, the, you know, two of the teams to beat. And Mead's the champ. So in my book, you got to knock them off in an elimination game before you can say Catholic's the team to beat. But... Uh, to me, if I'm a girls coach, and, and, you know, posing the team I'm scared the most of is probably Owensboro Catholic. How we were talking about Muhlenberg was so well coached. I think they're the only ones that are on the level of Catholic because I've noticed with Catholic, they're, they're quicker than any other girls team as far as, as soon as the ball comes off the rim and they get the rebound, it gets to Michaela Berry and five, they've got a five on three break 60% of the times in games. So, I mean, your team's got to be on cue and ready to go and on top of things on defense. And you got to have somebody that can match up with Michaela Berry and kind of slow her down from pressing the ball because nobody gets up the court and to the lane quicker than Michaela Berry in, in the girls region. No, Annabelle Moore, Caroline Hayden, this team is just well rounded. I mean, and you know, Michael Robertson squad, they run the floor. Like you said, I mean, they get back and they get so many easy buckets just on layups just because how quick they get back down the floor. Or foul shots. And yeah, a foul shot, they, they shoot a lot of them. And Michaela Berry can get to the hole. Uh, this team is very dynamic. A lot of girls' talent across the board and on all these teams. But uh, Catholic just really, really, really puts pressure on you. And uh, they're playing really good basketball right now. Like I said, they've won 9 out of 10. And so, that you know, who cares if you start slow? No one remembers that come regional time. We've said it all year. Those games don't matter. You just build to the tournament catholic's doing it better than just about anybody else in my book so uh, we'll see how it plays out but we're getting close to tournament time and quite frankly i can't wait girls or boys i'll be there for the whole the whole kit and caboodle when it comes to district yeah both sides of these tournaments are just shaping up to be phenomenal even better than last year which were fantastic yeah we'll move it on now to some games that are coming up this weekend go ahead and uh, just run through them real quick breckenridge county will be at Weissville Trinity tonight is a 7.30 tip time. Uh, the barn. I mean, good luck. I mean, good luck, Brett County. You're going into a... Uh, Hostile just, environment. <laughs> just to say the least. I don't care. If you look up at the crowd, you're probably like, well, we heard on the homers this is a hostile environment, but there's only 200 people here. 
Hey, get ready because two hundred sounds like two thousand in the let, barn. Let them tie you up at the end of the third quarter with a three pointer and see if there ain't three thousand people in that barn all of a sudden. <laughs> That's right. You be looking around, wondering where all the people came in at. But uh, yeah, good luck. That'll be a good one right there. I look for uh, you know Breckenridge County to probably. Uh, be the favorites coming in. I think they'll find a way to get the winner. Just very talented. But if, if Watchful Trinity's hitting their threes, they can stay in any game. You know how home field advantage in Vegas is worth three? I'd give the barn five at least. At least, But yeah. I, I still see Brett County getting the win here. They're rolling right now. How about Cloverport heading north of the border up to Edmondson County? Uh, how about Nick Smith? I mean, he's, I hope he's got his passport ready. Uh, he's he's going to have the uh, Heart Foundation coming hard at him. But we'll see what happens. You know, Edmondson County is flat out rolling right now. I mean, uh, they've worked their way into our show. It's what they've done. You know, we talked about Zach Hopewell working his way into the starting lineup for Apollo. Edmondson County has worked their way into our show somehow. Uh, they're a very good basketball team, 15 and 11, and they're winning these games they should. This is another one they should win. We'll see if uh, Cloverport can give them any match. I think Edmondson gets the win up north of the border. I think the Aces keep it rolling. Another 30-point game for Mr. Smith gets the win for them. That'd be huge. That that really would. For a team that's getting close to district time and a matchup with Breck in district, that would be huge for Cloverport. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on this one. It's a big-time, big-time regional matchup. Uh, our good friends over in Hancock County, the Hornets, and we'll see if they get uh, Ty Ogle back on the floor. It's hard to make a prediction this one. They're going to be playing Evansville Day. Uh, if Ty Ogle's back on the floor, I think Hancock gets the win. Even if he's not, I think it's a pretty close ball game. Just give me the Hornets. Yeah, I'll still go with Hancock County. I, uh, they're, of course, missing Ty Ogle, but that uh, player number 10, his last name was Buck. That little kid was quick. I, I thought he looked like a middle schooler when he came <laughs> yeah. out there. I was like, it's going to be a long night, but that kid had some handle, yeah. and he, uh, he, found his, he found his teammates whenever they were open for shots at Looks like a solid future for Hancock County there. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, John Harden coming off a big win versus Meade. They're making the trip down to Grayson County. Tough matchup for Grayson. And Grayson slip, 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 sliding. I mean, this is not a, not an easy matchup for him at all. I might have to take John Harden uh, to continue the downswing uh, for Grayson County, unfortunately. Give me the talents of Gary. Just like so I can hit a Grayson County. Anytime you can get it in, get it in. Uh, we got a McLean County. This has kind of got a little bit of an underlying storyline. McLean County's coming over to Eagle Arena to take on their former coach. I know there's a, I've seen a little bit of Twitter buzz. I mean, this is a podcast. We could talk about it, you know. Not always politically correct. Let's talk about it. I've seen some players maybe taking some shot at their former coaches on uh, on Twitter, and now there's an opportunity to show them, hey, maybe you should have stuck it out over here in McLean County as the McLean County Cougars will be taking on my Apollo Eagles. And uh, Apollo... They're frustrating to watch at times, but they're very, very talented. I, I think Apollo wins it going away. Yeah, I think you got to go with Apollo just based on talent. But like you said, McLean County is going to treat this like a really big game. They're going to try to show their old coach that he messed up by going to Apollo. So I think it's going to be closer than what you expect just looking at the two teams. But give me Apollo by four. And the last game of uh, Friday night will be uh, Davis County at Muhlenberg. To me, this is the one I've got my eyes on uh, from a distance more than any other game on Friday night. I mean, just just for the simple fact is i got to know where Muhlenberg's at. You know, uh, this is not a game where D.C. can use the Saturday afternoon excuse. Uh, they're going into an environment where Apollo got beat. Apollo went over there and they, they lost. So, and Muhlenberg is ready, to me, to make a statement. This, this is a game I've got my eyes peeled on, but... You know, I can't go against Coach Hume and, and the Panthers. I think they find a way to get it done. I'll take Davis County somewhere in the ballpark between six and eight points. I think Muhlenberg has been waiting to have their full roster rolling at a hundred all year long. And I think it's now that Hunter's been back for a few weeks now, 
getting back in the offense. I think they're a dangerous team. Give me Muhlenberg to get the win. You know, that matchup is something else because we just spoke on it about how uh, Davis County locks down guards. We'll see if they can lock down Michael Wayne. They can lock down Stovall. They can lock down uh, Knopf Singer. It's going to be interesting. It really is because if they – and Davis County likes the zone. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, Muhlenberg County in their own gym – uh, that could be an interesting combination. It's very, very, very interesting matchup. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Speaking of the barn getting loud, the Muhlenberg fans, they'll bring <laughs> some noise at you as well. You may not even want to hear the kind of noise they're going to bring. I mean, uh, whew, you better bring your earplugs if you don't like foul language. That's I, was, <laughs> I was loving the passion I was hearing at, uh, at 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon with 40 people in the sports center. You could hear it oh. all over the arena. Oh, man, I was loving it. You're fairly new. I brought, you know, you're, I've kind of introduced you to this in the last two years of high school basketball. Muhlenberg North fans were absolutely, you never know, you never know. You better bring a sheriff with you. Uh, to a Muhlenberg North game because uh, they get rowdy and it, not, not much has changed. It's still Muhlenberg County, so it's all one and the same. When that game was going on at the sports center, the Muhlenberg fans could actually hear the uh, non-Muhlenberg fans talking about them there, and they 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 don't care. They were just like, "You better be glad I didn't bring my daddy." You can hear me. He gets louder than I do. You can hear me. I, you heard what I said? Like, <laughs> yeah, we had a husband jump in for his wife. She was like, "You heard me?" She said, "What?" She said, "No, you heard her." <laughs> There's getting some salt thrown. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. It's a good environment for Davis County right before tournament time. A, a nice game for them to get ready for uh, for tournament. We get we be remiss if we didn't talk about Saturday's game because to me uh, that's where the biggest one is uh, is on Saturday. We'll go through a few of them. Beth Haven, this isn't it. Uh, Beth Haven's playing Cloverport. Say Beth Haven. Beth Haven is bringing a squad. No, I think Cloverport's got a W coming on Saturday. Nick Smith uh, looking to add to his Let's put up uh, fifty that home. game. Why not? Absolutely. I believe Cloverport will find a way to win that game. Uh, we have a regional matchup between McLean County traveling to Breck. Uh, so it's McLean County coming off a game versus Apollo. They're going to be traveling to Breck. I like Breck. Uh, Breck at home can flat out shoot, and they're dangerous at home. And they've obviously got an awesome student section, judging by the Sports Center picture. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, South Warren is coming to Ohio County. They have a win over Apollo, if I, I do believe. Muhlenberg did knock them off. Ohio County's just really struggling. I'll take uh, South Warren to find a way to get that win. I think Ohio County will give them a game, though. If if we see the Ohio County that I got to see against Cloverport at the Sports Center that day, yeah. if Seegers and those guys are on Callaway, they can they can put up some points. Absolutely, absolutely. And then Owensboro Catholic, who their schedule is just so weird. Uh, I'm used to Tuesday – Friday, Tuesday, Friday. Catholics playing like Wednesdays and uh, Mondays and and Saturdays now. So now they're they're uh, bringing Union County to the Sports Center, uh, seven thirty tip. Uh, it's the Owensboro Catholic Aces. I think the Aces find a way to win. I like them a lot versus Union County. Yeah, give me the Aces in this one. Cam O'Brien continues to get into midseason form. I think they're just going to get better. You're not going to see a worse version of the Aces going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, Owensboro Catholic, let's look at their schedule. I'm doing this on the fly. They got Union County Saturday. Then they get back to regular schedule program on Tuesday night, and they head to Ohio County, another winnable game, and finish the year at Muhlenberg. So to me, uh, I'd like to see Catholics start to get on that, that groove. I think they need to win out and then, you know, get going into that game with some confidence and, uh, we'll, we'll see. I think we didn't talk about Catholic very much, but I think those are three. These coming up games are very, very important to build that team for district tournament. Time. Yeah. You, uh, a win over Muhlenberg or even playing competitively against them would be a good thing heading into the tournament when you know they're one of the teams that could actually win the whole tournament. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, the final matchup, uh, will be there if Clark can get 
uh, healthy. He's he's sick. Uh, Third so, region Wikipedia got a virus. He's got, he, he went down to – what happened was, I'll tell you what happened, is he got greedy and he went down to Panama City Beach in the 75 degrees all week. Comes back here, negative wind chills up here, and now he's sick. Uh, if if he's healthy, I will assure you, he will be there, Ward will be there, and the homers will be there. That's what's most important. At Trinity, I'm not talking about the barn. I'm talking about Louisville Trinity, one of the best teams in the state of Kentucky. And that's where the Red Devils are heading on Saturday. Huge, huge matchup for our area, in my opinion. You know, I'm not an Owens real fan at all. As a matter of fact, a little bit, a little bit of my heart hates them, to be honest with you. But not Saturday. I'll be, I'll be a bit Red Devils fan on Saturday. I really, really, really want to see Owens real just go show the state what we've got down here. I want some respect. So I want Owens real to go get it for us. And I think uh, Holman and company is going to go up there and I think they're going to shock people. I think Owensboro's going to roll in there, and I think they're going to beat Trinity on Saturday. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing the Owensboro teams all the way from football season with the Highland fans and right along the basketball season where people that are voting for Mr. Basketball don't even know what some of the kids around here are putting up and their phenomenal talents. I'm just ready for Owensboro squads. Even if it's not Owensboro, I'm an OHS guy, but I'm ready for Apollo, OHS, Catholic, or Davis County to start knocking off some of these teams to get some respect. You know Justin Miller's going to be there. You know Eric Hallman's going to be there. You know, Darren, Darren Morrow is going to be there. I think the game comes down to uh, Steph Curry and also uh, Sean Pendleton and Ishan coming off the bench. Those uh, Pendleton has been a huge contributor in wins that we've been at. The defense that he brings and the outside shooting that he brings, we were saying all year we were wondering who Jalen Kelly's replacement was going to be, and Pendleton has – filled in well and that's and if you remember back to the trinity game jalen kelly played a huge role in that game so i see pendleton being able to do the same you mentioned the murphy kid you know i, and I i'm getting old i'm i got gray hairs all over i completely forgot to mention him in that apollo game he had about six points in that game that were huge where apollo looked like they're about to turn the corner he get on the baseline that's a great addition for owensboro just another weapon to add to the arsenal uh, that is, and I, I just feel like if Owensboro can go up there and they can shoot the three like I know they're capable of, uh, the inside-out game is going to make them competitive. I think they'll be right there with Trinity. I think it'll be a close game. Very, very tall task to go into Trinity and get the win, but I think OHS will be right there at the end, and I, I just, I'm just i going to take the Devils in this game. If, Owens, if Owensboro's leader, Eric Holman, gets to play more than six minutes like he did in the uh, yes. in the state tournament game, I think Owensboro gets the win. I think they've had this game circled on their schedule just like as soon as the game ended last year, they were like, when do we get another shot at these guys? I think they've looked forward to it all year. I think that's one of the first games all year that you can say that about, about Owensboro. They've got something to prove to somebody. So I think you're going to see – the top game of Owensboro, get a win. Give me, give me Owensboro by six. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a team. What what impresses? I know it's an Owensboro love fest, uh, but what impresses me most, and what makes me think that they are unbeatable in this region, uh, no matter what we say and how much we try to build it up, I don't think anybody's going to sneak up or beat this team because they're the most workmanlike high school team I believe I've ever seen. I mean, you got Justin Miller. Uh, Swearing off snow days to play basketball and, and Hallman and leading it on the court. And these kids are so focused on the prize. 
And uh, that to me is just very impressive for a group of young men. I don't I don't know that anybody around here can touch them, and I'm hoping that they can prove that they belong on a statewide level. I'm taking OHS to win this game. I'll take them by one point over Trinity in a barn burner. Just an absolute phenomenal game. I'll take OHS. I think you're seeing that focus now because this is basically virtually the same team that went to state last year, minus Jalen Kelly. So I mean, these guys went to state last year. They went through region, won it, and They've been there, done that, so they've been waiting all year to have a reason to start to start having a game to care about. And yeah. I think it's going to manifest itself in the Trinity game that they've they've waited all this time to be able to prove something. I hope they go there and just show out. Yeah, I believe they will. I really do. I really think that I don't think this team will cower from the challenge. I'd love to see it, to it. Love to see home and get a nasty block on Spalding. <laughs> that could lead our oh. uh, Mister Basketball. Oh man, That's you got to get video of it. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, so we can we can show the whole state show uh, the Jason that our Freaks. guy can match up with anybody. Our guy Eric Holm, we're sending him into battle versus, and we're putting all the pressure on these kids. I'm sure they're probably they don't care or don't listen. Anyway, they want to win more than any of us do for sure. <laughs> Guarantee it. Just uh, ask Justin Miller. That's right. That'll get us out of here. Uh, be sure and stay tuned to all of our uh, social media. Ward can tell you all about it. Uh, we'll be big on it all weekend and through the week next week. I want to remind you, you can go to at the Homers on Twitter. Instagram, and then you can find us on Facebook, The Homer Show. The Homers is one word, show is the second. You can also visit us at livesportcaster.com, displacediehards.com, gorilla style. And relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood i got in one little fight and my mom got scared i said you're moving with your auntie and uncle in bel-air i begged and pleaded with her